Hey everyone, welcome to the 7 Stage LSAT Podcast. My name is Henry Ewing and I'm joined with my co-host, Asta Sinha. Super excited for this episode today because this is our last episode of season one. We did it, Henry. 20 episodes. We wanted to, to kind of leave our listeners with a little bit of a recap as far as what we did this season, what we talked about, what we learned, the laughs we shared along the way. It was going to talk about some of our favorite episodes. So that's what we'll be doing here. We'll be going through some of the episodes that we've already gone over. So if you've already listened, you'll get a little reminder. Or if this is your first time listening to the 7 Stage LSAT podcast, you'll get a little bit of a preview about what this season was about. So Henry, you want to start us off? Sounds good to me. A little uh, walk down memory lane, if you will. Yes, of course, of course. All of the fun times we've shared on this podcast. So starting off with the first episode. I I really loved our first episode. It's called Let's Do This because I think it breaks down the process of, okay, I've decided today I'm going to take the LSAT. I want to go to law school. What do I do? And we go over a whole lot of information on there about how to get started, what you should be focusing on, what you shouldn't be focusing on, right? Because I think that's where most people go wrong. They tend to focus on things that are inconsequential to the ultimate goal of doing well on the LSAT and giving people a game plan for studying. What's kind of the biggest piece of advice you give to new students, Henry? Give yourself enough time to study. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Without a doubt. Definitely. I think we, t- we touched on this. The idea of people saying three months is enough. It, it, it really isn't. If you get your goal score in three months, it means you need a better goal score or higher <laughs> goal score. That's what I say, right? You know, don't limit yourself, right? If, if you achieve that, it probably means you have a lot more you're capable of. Why settle for mediocrity? That's my question. Why not be the best self? So yeah, giving yourself enough time to, to study when you start studying is 100%. I think the most important element. And don't just expect constant progress all the time. We always say progress isn't linear. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd say something very similar. The other thing I would really recommend, this kind of goes into our next couple episodes that we talked about, is emphasizing review as much as learning new content when you're studying for this test. Yes, you want to be practicing new problems and you want to be exposing yourself to more LSAT material, but just as important is taking a step back and diagnosing what issues you have, diagnosing what problems you've gotten wrong and why you're getting them wrong, spending time with blind reviews, spending time with the wrong answer journal. A lot of times we tend to skip over these things because we feel like, ah, it's just a waste of time. Like I already did it. You know, I see from so many students in their wrong answer journal, it's like, don't be dumb or don't make that mistake next time or read better. Be careful, right? Like, Be better. (laughs) None of those things are really be better. I love that one, right? They're not helpful, right, for moving forward. And a lot of times... That's what I tell my clients. Just tried being a little bit smarter. But like, if you're going to sit there and spend all this time studying for this test, you want to make sure every time you go to do something new, you have an objective, you have a goal, you have something that you're trying to accomplish by taking that practice test or taking that full length section. So many times I've seen students just mindlessly take prep test after prep test, practice test after practice test and get nowhere because there's no end goal, right? They haven't taken any time to reflect and figure out what they're working towards. And they think if I just do like problems over and over again, I'll continue to do better. That's not always the case. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the idea too of, of don't be mindless and, and really be actively reviewing content is so important. A lot of the concepts on the LSAT are, are simple, but they really aren't easy. And so something as simple as sufficient versus necessary, it's really important to start embodying that and thinking in terms of sufficient and necessary. What I, what I constantly come up across is people who identify like, oh yeah, this is the sufficient condition. This is the necessary condition. We're meeting the necessary so the sufficient falls away. But they don't really know why that's the case. And so review can be really helpful to to force yourself to really work out like why is it when you meet the necessary condition, the sufficient falls away, things like that. 
Absolutely. And if you're listening and you're like, wow, like I really struggle with diagnosing your issues or how to review questions, episodes two and three from this season, I think do a really great job of walking you through exactly how to do that. Now, the next episode that we did, episode four, how to stay sane while studying for the LSAT is not exactly LSAT content. It's not exactly studying help or prep, but I do still think it's a really great episode because A part of studying for this test is really just keeping your head on your shoulders and not going absolutely insane. I know I thought I was better than burnout when I was studying for this test, and I certainly was not. Uh, I definitely did get burnt out. And so as you're studying, if you want to just take a little bit of a break, but you just can't completely tear yourself away from LSAT studying, listen to episode four. I think it'll give you some good guiders on how to stay sane, how to take care of yourself while you're studying for the test while not compromising on improvement. What do you think, Henry? Yeah, 100%. Uh, burnout. Uh, making making sure you're taking breaks, making sure you're ready to experience some hardship too, and telling yourself that's just part of studying. You getting better requires you to hit a plateau, generally speaking. Things like that. Absolutely. So, yeah, 100%. One thing we can talk about, which a bunch of episodes we looked at were, were about timing strategies, and we can give some basic ideas about timing. One being, as you start studying and you develop some familiarity with the test. This is after, right? You, you know all the concepts to some degree. You don't have to have perfect knowledge, but you understand what a necessary assumption question is. You understand what a parallel method of reasoning question is. Timing the first 15 questions being done in 15 minutes on an LR section is a really good standard to try to hit. Now, if you don't hit it, that's fine, but it's something to be aiming for because it's going to give you a lot more time on the harder questions to answer them. Makes sense to me. What about you? Uh, for timing, you're, you're the RC person. You're the resident RC expert. The resident RC expert. I mean, I mean, I I don't know where that label came from, but I really do enjoy RC and something we talked about a lot in episode five, which I think Henry, we've talked about this. I'm pretty sure we agree that episode five is probably our favorite episode so far. The the reading comprehension episode that we did. I really, really love that episode. I think there's really good content on there. It's called the secret to reading comprehension sections. And it's really no secret, right? I guess the secret is that you can improve on RC. There's this narrative out there that RC is impossible to improve on and no one can ever improve on RC. You absolutely can improve on RC. And I think the one part that a lot of people internalize is that there's no real method to doing RC. You just have to read and hope for the best and hope that it works. But something that we really tackle in episode five is giving you guys tangible strategies and tips to take to RC, how to approach it, how to go through the passage, what you're looking for, what you're not looking for, right? So you can walk away with a really good understanding of what the LSAT is asking you for. The biggest thing I want to emphasize when it comes to RC is that the test writers are not asking you to just memorize five paragraphs and regurgitate it, right? That is not what the goal of this section is. The goal of this section is to take really complicated material and be able to identify main ideas and relationships. Because surprise, surprise, that's what you're going to be doing in law school, right? That's what you're going to be doing as a lawyer is reading these really dense cases and trying to brief them, right? Trying to find the main ideas. So definitely, if you're struggling with RC, if you've hit a wall, you really don't feel like you can improve at this point, Go back to episode five, do a little recap, and try to walk away with at least one tangible action item that you can take to the next time you do RC. In case someone doesn't want to do that, what are the big three? We don't have to dive in. We don't have to dive into it, but what are the big three things to pay attention to? Yeah, absolutely. So the big three is what I have termed my methodology for reading an RC passage. And so the first part is your low res summary, or what is the main idea of each paragraph or section of the text? Now, your low res summary is going to be content based, right? Quite literally, what is this about? If you just had two seconds to tell me what the most important parts of this paragraph were, what would they be? That's a really great low res summary. The second part of the big three is structure, right? How is each part of this passage related to each other? 
Why are they in the order that they're in? How is the author presenting this argument? What are the parts of this argument? If you can kind of create a roadmap for the entire passage, you're in a really, really great place to answer those questions that are like, you know, what's the function of the second paragraph? Well, that should be immediate if you're paying attention to structure while you're reading the passage. And the last one, and the one that I think is looked over the most, is speakers, or whose perspective is being presented in each part of the passage. Sometimes that perspective is the author. Sometimes it's a critic, or a researcher, or a proponent of a certain theory, right? It changes up based on the passage. So your ability to identify where those perspectives change, who is a speaker at each part of the text, really, really helps with those inference questions that are so infamous. Everybody struggles with inference questions, and I get it, they're tough, but you can make them a lot easier by being able to identify where in the passage each person is speaking. It's all about perspective, you know, that's what my mom tells me. I think that pertains to RC as well. Absolutely. So we did a really, really fun episode on RC. Episode five goes over RC and also episode 12, uh, we do a little bit more information about what to do when you're actually tackling the questions. So definitely, definitely would recommend those two episodes if you're struggling. Now, we also did quite a few episodes on LR. And if I'm the resident RC expert, Henry, you are the resident LR expert. You love the LR section more than any person I think I've ever met. So do you want to give us kind of an overview of the biggest things that we talked about when it comes to LR? Right. Yeah. Let me give an overview of every problem and how to do them. Perfect. Let's do this. <laughs> no. So uh, with, with LR, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it brief. You have to understand sufficient and necessary. Sufficient condition versus necessary condition. If I have an apple, then I have a fruit. Okay. So apples enough to have a fruit. But if I have a fruit, that doesn't mean I have an apple. And that's where you can start working your way through different inferences you can make using the sufficient condition and the necessary condition. So having an apple is enough to having a fruit. So that's the distinction between a sufficient condition and a necessary condition. And, and you can use this idea on question types. You have a sufficient assumption problem. Your goal there is to complete the argument. So if I have an argument where I, I'm trying to convince you that apples are delicious, and I just tell you that apples are fruit, well, you need an additional premise there or an additional piece of evidence to prove that apples are delicious. What's a sufficient assumption for that? If it's a fruit then it's delicious. Well, if it's an apple, then it's a fruit. And if it's a fruit, then it's delicious. Okay, apples are delicious. That would be a sufficient assumption problem. You're looking at something like a necessary assumption, which is a little bit different when we talk about negation. We can go back to the fruit example. If it's an apple, then it's a fruit. And I want to say that apples are delicious. What is something I need to assume in order for this argument to be okay? Well, you know, uh, an assumption I have to make is that if it's a fruit, it is allowed to be delicious, right? Like fruit can be delicious. If it wasn't the case that fruit could be delicious, then how could an apple be delicious? Because apple is a fruit. So that's us negating a necessary assumption. It's necessary to assume that if it's a fruit, it is allowed to be delicious. If that wasn't the case, then the argument would never be able to go through. If you want a little more in-depth description about those types of questions and how to answer sufficient versus necessary, I'd recommend checking out episode 11 and episode 15. While we're on the topic of LR, we also did what I thought was a really great episode on different types of flaws. So if you go down to episode eight, stop making these LSAT mistakes. We talk about a ton of the different common argument flaws. There's kind of a list of flaws that a lot of arguments use on the LSAT. Obviously, it's not a dispositive list, but a vast majority of them show up over and over again. 
it's a really great episode to just get yourself familiar with some of the common flaws that show up on the LSAT. Now, we also did a series of episodes going over specific types of LSAT questions from the June 2007 exam. If you're looking just to get a little bit of exposure to these more unique questions or just actually going over LSAT problems with the two of us, I think those episodes were really fun. We went through all the different answer choices. If you're familiar with explanation videos on a different platform, whether that's Seven Sage, whether that's wherever, this is just kind of a different perspective on those questions from the two of us. So definitely check those out as well. Now, the last thing that I really loved about the season were the interviews that we did. So we did a couple of them, which were really fun. My favorite one was, of course, the one we did with JY. I thought we learned a whole lot from him. I learned a lot about him that I didn't know. But one thing that I think about to this day from that interview is the fact that Seven Sage doesn't come from like some profound reason to name the company Seven Sage. It just was what JY thought of. He liked the way it sounded and he couldn't get the domain for Seven Sages, which would have been grammatically correct. I still think that's hilarious. But what did you think about the JY interview? Yeah, I thought the JY interview was was, was great. It's it's kind of like when you're in the Emerald City and you, you figure out that the Wizard of Oz isn't... No, no, that's not a good analogy because JY is all powerful. <laughs> You get the idea, though. You get the idea here. My analogies are just not on point today. Yeah, I, I, liked, I, lo- I love the interviews. We're going to be doing more interviews in the future, too. Um, I, I really like hearing other people's LSAT story. But yeah, totally agree with you. We've got more interviews on the way. We've got a couple of great ones already from the season. We've talked to real students who have gotten through the test. Two of the people that we interviewed are currently in law school, one at Harvard, one at Yale. And I thought those were really, really fun interviews just to get a little bit of a different perspective, not only on the LSAT, but also on law school. So definitely expect more of that in the coming season. Yeah. The other thing, too, that I would add to, and I think we're planning on doing more of these, is the webinar podcast recordings where people can ask questions. So that, that was definitely fun. Definitely stay on the lookout for other webinars that we're doing. We're going to be doing more live Q&As. I really enjoy those. Really enjoyed getting to talk to you guys. Maybe your question will be in the final episode. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. All of that being said, I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to this first season of the podcast. It was definitely a learning experience for the two of us, but I have had an absolute blast. Well, thank you guys so much for this first season of the podcast. We're looking forward to bringing you some new episodes during the next season. So I hope you guys all have a great day. I'm Henry Ewing. I'm Asta Sinha. And as always, happy studying. For more LSAT study tips, visit sevensage.com. See you next week.